0: He's back. Find out Leaf Tulane's biggest surprises, his biggest disappointments, and which players he believes are going to break out during conference play. Stay tuned. Big big shout out to each and every person that has made the locked on NBA Big Board podcast, your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And my co-host is the man that watches more college basketball than anybody else. It's been a minute, Leaf. Happy New Year. And how's everything going your way?
1: Happy New Year to you as well. And uh things are things are good. I'm getting really busy with a bunch of different jobs. So Got some a few down days, and, and that's going to mean a lot of film watching. I just got back from playing some basketball myself, so I missed the duel happening in, in your neck of the woods that I'm – please don't spoil for me. So, uh, But I'm excited. I hear Keontae George and Mike Miles have a bit of a duel. So got a lot of college basketball in my docket. Um, I've been watching a little bit of film, and I've got a couple of fun ideas that I'm going to put out on Twitter soon. So you guys stay tuned for those. Okay, yeah, a
0: couple of DFW kids, Dallas-Fort Worth kids, that kind of did their – their thing tonight. All right. So let's just get right into it. Who has been your biggest surprise? Or not just maybe who, what players have been your biggest surprise this season based off of where you had them prior to the start of the season?
1: Yeah, I'll put one I just was unfamiliar with altogether Taylor Hendricks at UCF. Um, I, I haven't watched as much of him as I have some of the other guys. And I think that was because he was less of a heralded recruit. Um, he's at UCF. And and I was talking with one of my buddies and we were talking about how UCF almost looks like a stereotypical Florida state team where they're long athletic and, and have a few guys that can stretch the floor. And he's the focal piece. He's six nine, two ten. 10. He's shooting the ball. Well, he's, he's not like, if you look at tankathon, which is, you know, a big board, he, he's not super high on there, but I think a lot of people on draft Twitter are higher on him than, than what it is because he's shooting 41% from three, six, nine, two, 10. He's getting, he's getting rebounds, uh, 6.7 boards a game. And and he's on a team that is egalitarian in their approach. And you you can easily see a plug and play projectable role for him in the NBA. And I think he's the biggest surprise for me um, because I, I I'll be completely honest. I'd heard the name on like the deepest of big boards, just because I'm a nerd and I read some of other people's stuff, but I never saw him play um, and I, I was rum- hearing rumblings about him. And then I started watching him. And I was like, man, like it, this isn't just smoke. Like he can, he can play and he's going to play a role on an NBA team that's really coveted right now. So he's my biggest surprise for sure.
0: I'm going to toot my own horn here. My grandfather told me a man that doesn't toot his own horn, his horn goes untooted. That was a quote from my grandfather. But I actually had him on my preseason draft guy. Uh, so Well, I guess the draft guy came out maybe – a day or two after college basketball had started, there may be some games, but I did have him on there. I was, I can't say I was really totally familiar with this game, but maybe like a day. I want to say that I released it on a Wednesday and I saw him play on, I want to say like it was a Friday night against Florida state. I was watching Florida state. Um, Cause there's, there's a kid that I've, I've been in the gym with play for Florida state and and uh, and I thought Florida State was going to be at least somewhat decent at the time, and I saw him play, and I was like, you know what, this this kid might be something. And then I I I'll never forget it. So the next day, which was Saturday, I was on my way to a Mavs game, and I got a phone call from a very very highly re- respected NBA mind, and he's like, "Did you see this Hendricks kid?" <laughs> and I said, I "said No." He actually called me. He was like, "There's this kid at at UCF that you know." everybody's talking about and they say and I say you know what's crazy is I just watched him last night and I had it in my notes and I said you know I'm gonna put him on my draft board and so I, I feel like I was able to get on the party a little bit early I have some friends that are that are agents and I had mentioned you gotta you, know, you gotta check this get out and so um he he's been buzzing uh, unfortunately he didn't have like the greatest game against Houston I thought he still showed a little bit of flashes, but I ended up talking to a scout. I want to say it's probably like two or three weeks ago. And he mentioned that um, he's going to have a couple opportunities this season to to solidify himself as a first round pick against Houston. And, um, you know, I guess he I guess he did decent, not didn't shoot the ball particularly well in, in, in the first matchup. All right. So what other player has caught you by surprise this season?
1: Yeah, I think the other positive surprise that I didn't know how well his game would translate to the NBA and 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 I guess I still don't, but someone that I, I've seen seeing is believing, and at least I've seen it at the highest level he's played at so far, that's Bryce Sensabaugh for Ohio State. He's just a bucket getter. He he go he goes and gets buckets. He he's someone that I wouldn't say has a game that you would say projects perfectly to today's NBA per se because the length and, and athleticism and traits and toolsiness is is all these buzzwords and connect connectivity, but he's someone that I just appreciate the fact of the way he's consistently able to score. Um, he's got an unconventional body type. He's about six, six, 235 is what what I've got him listed at here. Um, he's 19, he plays for Ohio State and and you know there's something to be said for productivity. And if you're young and getting production at, at a school like Ohio State, it, it really sets off the alarm bells. I've watched him a number of times and he's able to score baskets in ways that I didn't think he would be able to immediately at Ohio state. I think Malachi Branham was someone that people pointed to it. Like, like, you know what, Ohio state is able to get these guys who know how to score and they develop late in their freshman year. Well, he, right off the get-go, he was able to score from the mid range. He was able to get to the rack, can hit a spot up jumper. Uh, I'm, I'm still not entirely situated on where I have my board and like what I, what role I see him playing. But it's just hard for me to ignore the productivity, especially when I, I had watched him in high school. And I was like, man, I just wonder how he's going to score on a team that already kind of has these interior-oriented players. Like Zed Key is a small ball five who, who really is physical down low. Justice Suing is not a great shooter for Ohio State, and he likes to play in the paint. And they got some guards that like to attack the rack as well. So I was curious to see where he'd carve out space. Was there going to be space for him to do his thing? And, man, he's he's got twenty. Six point two points per game in per, uh, per thirty six, I should say, and that's that's some pretty impressive numbers for a freshman to put up in the Big Ten Conference.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at it, there's two kids, Hendricks and Sensenball, two Florida kids that weren't highly touted as far as you know having a big buzz coming into the season that could possibly end up being first round picks. I I had Sensenball on my on my um on my draft guide that came out. And I have not watched his film since. I want to say it's like the Duke game. But prior to that, I had watched all his film. Um, One of the games that I was kind of that kind of really sold me on, even though I wouldn't say it was like. The greatest game, I think it was like against San Diego State. It was like around Thanksgiving or something like that.
1: Yeah, that was the Maui, Maui tournament.
0: Yeah. And so um that was basically the game that I wanted to see how he would fare against respectable competition. Like the, the first few games of the year, you know how it is. They, they weren't playing like the, the best competition. And he was just physically dominant against some of those guys. But overall, man, I'm I'm high on him. Um, I I do need to catch up and watch and watch film I I, you know it's kind of like I do my rounds you know your your first round of film and so now I got to get back on my second round watching guys for the for the second time around but he is someone that I I definitely have him in like that that first round range late first round range Um, I have talked to you know some people that feel like if he slims down a little bit they think that he could be a lot more effective and I think, what is he listed at? I mean, I've seen so many different things.
1: What, what they, I saw was 6'6", 235.
0: Yeah, and I think someone told me, to think if he gets down to 220, they think he'll he'll really pop out athletically. Is there another player that, that has caught your attention?
1: I, I don't know if it's a huge surprise because he was definitely on my radar, but he's been better than I anticipated, and that's someone that I know you're high on is Maxwell Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, my One of my buddies, he was texting me. He's like, man, this guy's the next Jalen Williams. And um, This was pretty early on in the season. Obviously, there's a WCC tie there. It's an unheralded recruit who's really making a name for himself. He's on the Pepperdine Waves, and um, I, I'd watched him because I'm in Utah, so I'm 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 in Mountain Time, which is close enough to Pacific Time, and I stay up really late. So sometimes there's late night basketball, and so I've watched a fair game, a fair amount of Pepperdine, Gonzaga, Pepperdine. Uh, St. Mary's Pepperdine San Francisco and every single time I've seen them play I always look I'm like man this guy sticks out from the rest so I, I knew of him I kind of had him in like my late second round kind of like bored when I got to like 45 he was always in there and it was just because I didn't know how much like I could respect the the ability to hoop even though he stood out to me it's just like could he do it if he was playing a role and then I just watched him this year and I was like man this guy could play anywhere if you can hoop you can hoop And he can he can score, he can create for himself, he can create for others. He's good on the defensive end. He's got these intangibles that I always I'm a sucker for guys that are toolsy. I like you know, those jumbo facilitators. One of the first podcasts we did together, I was telling you about how I thought Dalen Terry would rise in the draft because, you know, he just he's an engine for that Arizona team that was a one seed and he just had a lot of tools. And I feel like Maxwell Lewis is a more skilled toolsy player, and it's the same, same premise. And I I'm sticking to my guns on that one.
0: You know what? Hold that thought. <laughs> I, I have a few things that I would like to add, but I feel like this is a good time to talk to the audience about Built Bar because a lot of people have these New Year's resolutions and they're looking to eat healthier. And I would say one of the best ways to eat healthier, but have a tasty treat is with a Built Bar. You got to try a Built Bar. Like we just got through the holidays. And I know personally, my goal is to eat a little healthier. And if you're like me you want to eat healthier and you don't want to compromise taste, you gotta try a built bar because with built bar, healthy is actually tasty. Built bars are made with 100% real chocolate. They come in different flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And it's even better that they are healthy—only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, here's a cool thing. Before, you used to have to only get them at Built.com, but now you can get Built Bars at Walmart or Sam's Club, and I've even seen some at Lifetime Fitness. But you can check it out at Built.com. Now, once again, you're listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. This is your host, Rafael Barlow, with my co-host, Leaf Tulane. Man, we haven't been on a podcast in it seems like a month. And before we left off, you talked about Maxwell Lewis, you said you thought he was a good defender. I think that's like his biggest weakness. I think that he's a super talented. He has the the physical tools, but he's a guy that just relies on his athleticism. He'll let guys go by him so he can try to get a chase down block.
1: And... Yeah, I, I'll 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 say he's got the tools to be a good defender. Okay. I, I I agree with you. I think that's his biggest swing like not not a swing skill necessarily but i think that's what he can most readily improve and make himself like a full-out lottery pick without any hesitation for me um and i i i just kind of think there's there's so much there to to that's natural to learn to play defense with desire is something i think he can control and get better at to make him a good nba defender i don't think he's yet a good defender in college basketball
0: yeah i agree i think he does have the tools the wingspan. And I mean, you know, if you just look at the basic stats, he's averaging like a block a game and a steal per game, but at that it's one of those things where the numbers are lying. Speaking of Dalen Terry, he's not playing. <laughs> Should he have stayed in school? I mean, you know, you can't first round, you know, he's he's got the you know the guaranteed money there, but he's not playing. Are you surprised by that?
1: For for those that are true. Uh, NBA big board fans you will remember this question was asked of me in that same podcast and I said I would stay in school if I were Dale and Terry but because it because he had already declared um, obviously that was just my own personal opinion I thought that he could have improved his stock even more so by being the engine on another team that I thought would be good that wouldn't have the same guys like oh it's because there's Mather and oh it's because there's Coloco he'd be the the proprietor of all this success and people would really hype him up. So I agree. I, I do think he should have stayed in school, but you know, hindsight's 2020. 20. I, I, I do think the team that drafted him, the bulls have a lot of like likewise players. Like it, it's hard for him to crack their rotation because what is he really good at? He's good at pressing the ball defensively. He's a good individual. He's a good uh, creator in transition for other players. But the best two players from the Bulls are, are of his similar stature. And then they've got another point guard and another two-guard in, in Io DeSumo and Alex Caruso, who both are defensively oriented and kind of hounding the ball, which is his his best asset. So I I think him not playing is is not great for that take, but I do think there's a situational aspect to it.
0: Yeah, he's in a bad situation. I mean, and Lazo Ball hasn't even played yet. So he wouldn't.
1: That, that
0: yeah, it's like, all right, you – You go to a situation where you're a first-round pick, which is obviously a goal, but you go to a team where you're not going to play, and you're not even playing with their starting projected point guard who's not even playing. So you have to wonder, like, what is your path for next year? And, I mean, do you hope – I mean, you can only hope that there's a move that's going to be made. I mean, they paid Lonzo a lot of money. So even when he when he does get back, he's he's definitely going to have the well, I shouldn't say definitely. I don't know, but he's going to give he's going to be given opportunities to to play. All right. So let's talk about some of your disappointments. Who has been the biggest disappointment for you? Somebody that you were high on coming into the season. And I don't know. It's up to you. Are you disappointed or you can say if you're disappointed by their fit or just by the overall play? But who's number
1: one? From a draft perspective, I'm disappointed by the Duke trio of freshmen. <laughs> uh, I, I think Tyrese Proctor is the only one that I, we can give a fair evaluation to of those three because both Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead were injured entering the season, kind of have played fluctuating roles. But Tyrese Proctor, I was pretty high on entering the season. I had him as like a, a borderline lottery pick because I thought that if he got the reins for a team, his vision, his creation, and potentially his shooting because he, he, all signs indicate he'd shoot really well and he'd be able to create. And I, and I think the Duke will be at their best when he creates and Jeremy Roach plays the two um, and, and just uses like guile and craft to score. But Proctor has not shot well. He's only had a few games where he's really made a dent in the assist column. He's only had four games scoring in double digits. And I know he's on a loaded team, so like counting stats don't mean the world, but I've watched enough of Duke to feel like his impact is negligible because they have so many talented players that if you were to put in Derek Whitehead and play the point guard, I, I feel like there's an adjustment to be made. And, I, and I'll get to him in a moment, but I, I think if you're going to be a guy that I anticipate being a first-round pick, and many have anticipated to be a first-round pick, much less a near-lottery talent, for you to be replaced by someone, even if they're as talented or more talented than you, but playing out of position, you should feel a um, a, a dent in, in the production. So that's one that I think you can fairly evaluate. And then of course the McDonald's All-Americans, the coveted recruits, Derek Lively and Dreek Whitehead, both were injured entering the season. And I think they're going to get better. And I guess they could be breakouts for for in-conference play, But but it's hard not to be disappointed when two of your top five players in the class just... Haven't produced at, uh, for a team that's as ma- integral to college basketball as Duke is. You left out Filipowski. <laughs> is he? See, see I, I said the disappointing trio.
0: Okay, all right. So I guess when you said trio, I was thinking that you know their top three guys, their top three. Okay, that 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 makes sense. Um, I'm having a hard time putting Whitehead in my top thirty. Right. So it's almost like if you have him in your top twenty. Is purely based off of his pre-college reputation. If you're going by what you see, I can't say that I see a top, a top 20 guy. Um, he's he seems like when I look at him, the one thing that I wonder is is does he have a way to get easy baskets? I think every shot that he I don't I just don't see like the elite burst or athleticism be able to blow by guys to get to the rim I mean he can make some pull-up shots he can knock down open shots even though he's not shooting great. I'm just not as high on him Lively oh man I, I don't know if he's just <laughs> I don't know I didn't I didn't think the the young guy wasn't Ryan Young there's no way I would have thought that Ryan Young was going to be getting more touches and be more effective than Lively he looks the part but he's just not getting opportunities I think tonight he only took one shot I think that I just think that he made a mistake in in picking a score if if, if it's not on him then Duke over recruited their pieces just don't match and th- th- dude was the number one ranked high school player by some publications and he's having games where he's over one from the floor. So in your opinion, do you think it's him or do you think it's the fit or, or you can say it's both?
1: Uh, I'll say it's a little early for me to say it's, it's fully him. Uh, I, I think when you're that dude, the fit's going to come no matter if it's like a natural one or not, they're going to learn to build around you Um, So I don't think he's being that dude that he was billed as. And so I think that that's a fair assessment. I do think he'll get better. And I think if Duke's going to be an elite eight caliber team, which I think they have the pieces to be, he'll be a central reason for it because he can play a Mark Williams esque role of someone who can anchor the middle. And obviously Mark will be ahead at at the end of his sophomore year than Derek Lively is in two months into his freshman year. But um, I think I think he'll develop, and I do think he'll be a first-round pick, even though the lack of production's been there. I think there's this pedigree, and, and I do think high school basketball and evaluating traits and what you see there is important. But obviously, you can't neglect what you're seeing currently at the highest level that they're playing, um, and that's college basketball. So in the case of both Dariq Whitehead and Derek Lively, I'm lower on them than I was entering the season, but I'm not like out on them. I still have both of them in my top 20.
0: Yeah, I don't have both in my top 20. And I don't – I mean, like, it's it's not really early in the season to me. I think we're close to the halfway point. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't see a, – a, I, I guess maybe if they start feeding him the ball, but he's just having games where he's just not getting touches – And I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I still think he gets drafted in the first round because somebody's going to draft him based off of his his pre-college hype and he looks the part. But I don't know. (laughs) The situation could even get funnier because as the games, you know, become a little bit more important, it seems like they trust Young more and Young could end up playing more than Lively. All right. When we return. We'll talk about, and I mean, this could be a a perfect segue to it, some of the players that you think are going to break out in conference play. But if you are a small business owner or a hiring manager, I know that success in 2023 depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job posts, your company, and their 875 million member profiles. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs, it helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. So post your job for free at, LinkedIn jo- at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, last segment. It's Raphael Barlow here with Leaf Tuleen, the guy that watches more college basketball than anybody else. Give me some guys that you feel like are going to break out in conference play.
1: So, yeah, I've got, I've got a couple. I'll, I'll, I'll go through a list, and then we can kind of just back and forth on, on some of them. I think some of them are super high profile, and I think a couple will, will rise up. Uh, we can start with one that I think will get better because he started poorly, and that's Derek Whitehead. I, I, I think if Duke is going to be um, even a Sweet 16 team, they need him to really step up and be – half of what they anticipated uh, as this guy who's got a trophy case from high school. That's, that's largely unparalleled at Montverde. Um, that's one. I think case and Wallace Wallace um, is, is set to become even better than he was in S uh, in, in preseason play uh, with the sec play because Calipari's cut down his lineup and he's, starting to figure out what's worked best i really wish Casey wallace would play the point guard over severe wheeler i think that fits their team better but that's a college basketball thing i think Casey wallace is plug and play anywhere he's great defensively he's knocking down threes i think it'll i think his three-point percentage will fall i I don't think it's sustainable through the athleticism and defensive skills and schemes from the uh, the sec's teams but I do think he's going to score a little bit more by being on the court more. He's going to take a larger role by being on the court more. And the pressure to win will actually help him, whereas a couple other players will fold. And then I think one is Keontae George. I think in the Big 12, very few, they, they make an all-freshman team every year. Almost no, no freshman in the Big 12 average 10 a game. Uh, and, they're, and there's usually like a first-team all-freshman that's like four a game. And it's like, man, this guy showed flashes. Like even Jeremy Sohan, who was a lottery pick last year, he was like eight a game, nine a game. And um, obviously he, he had an exceptional skill and was on a really good team. Well, so is, so is Keontae George. But he's, I think he's going to get only get better in Big 12 playing. The Big 12 worst team, according to Ken Palm, is still in the top 50. So he's playing great competition. He's going to shine when the lights are the brightest. Um, he, he's a bucket getter, and he's going to know what he's doing. So, um, And then last one is another guy I know you're a big fan of is uh, Turquavion Smith. I think the ACC is as wide open, and it's got as much parity as it has in many years. And Turquavion Smith, a guy that can score no matter who's defending him, doesn't matter the matter the level of talent. It just matters how engaged he is and how he feels that day. And he's a confident guy, so I think he'll improve his stock by beating it, beating up on teams that are supposedly superior in athleticism.
0: Yeah, he had twenty four points tonight, um, made four threes which is good because he was in the middle of a shooting slump where he was like 15 for 55 over three game stretch. And I tweeted that I I'm just a big fan of his confidence. Like even though he was on a shooting slump, man, he wasn't hesitant. He came out shooting heat check shots. There was one particular play where he got a steal in the black in the backcourt and then pulled up for three. Um, I'm just a big Terquavion fan. I have him in my top in my lottery and my quote is, if you think he's Jordan Poole 2.0, Jordan Poole is at the minimum a top 10 pick in a 2019 redraft. If you think he's Bones Highlands, Bones Highland in a redraft, I think Bones Highland is a lottery pick. So Terquavion should be a lottery pick. And I know that's why he came back to school to improve his, his draft stock. And, you know, the efficiency isn't always there with him. But the one thing I will say, actually two things I will say, actually three things I will say. And I mentioned it in a podcast yesterday. One, NC State has already surpassed their win total from last year. They only won eleven games last year. So that he's on a better team. And then beating Duke helped. Two, his assist numbers have more than doubled, even from like two a game to five. He didn't have five today. I mean, he didn't even have an assist today, so that may change a little bit. But then his finishing at the rim has been significantly better. If I'm not mistaken, it's like 36% at the rim last year. He's in the 60s this year. So I'm I'm high on him again. I have him as a, a lottery pick. Keontae, um, I've been high on Keontae. I have him as a six on, on my board. I want to get your thoughts on this. I, I spoke with a, a scout from a team, and he said in their – module their their analytics module that predicts outcomes based off of age statistics just a whole bunch of different things and kianti came out number one on their module even over Wimbayama. <laughs> so in, in your mind this is kind of putting you on the spot here what kind of module would have him number one and it's not a knock on kianti at all i like kianti but i'm trying to figure out like what are the things in that module do you think that would put him atop the list?
1: Well, I think it would have to emphasize shooting and individual creation. I think that would be the skills that he's near the top at. And so he's got to be, it's got to be a, a system that prioritizes individual creation and shooting percentages as well as like sh- like the shot creation not only an ability of to create shots but the ability to make difficult shots and i i think there's it's probably the a module that prioritizes potential star power more so than it, it prioritizing like plug and play ability like for instance if i i, I see these two comp uh, compared to get uh, against one another quite often and it's case and mollis and keontae george and i think it really depends what you're looking for if you're looking for a guy to plug and play and fit anywhere, that's Casey Wallace. If, you, if, if between those two, one's going to be a star, I think it's far more likely it's Keontae George. So that would be my assessment of that module.
0: What's crazy is if you look at Kentucky's history, their guards normally outperform where they're drafted, and they usually have something in their game that we did not see at Kentucky. Do you think that's the case for Kaysen?
1: I definitely think he's got a, a higher ceiling – then is what's what's portrayed i I think a lot of people just say his floor is the highest of anyone like you know that's like that's almost a backhanded compliment at times because they don't believe in the star power and and now do i think he's going to be the batman on a championship team i don't think so but do i think that no matter what he does he's going to ten like he's going to be a 10-year nba player probably a 10-year starter that's a contributor to winning basketball absolutely like i i think in a way that guys like Marcus smart and drew holiday to whom he's compared are, are stars in their own right. Like, I don't think they're superstars, but they're stars at their position. They're stars at their role. Um, and, and I think that his ceiling is higher than what was anticipated coming in. And I only, I've only gotten higher on Casey Wallace. I had him coming into the year at like 11. I think I've got him a nine now and it, it's a marginal difference, but I think that's just a tribute to how good this class is. And, um, there's a couple of guys I think have really high ceilings and he's got a high ceiling in his own regard, but there's, there's an element of a backhanded compliment, but as well as the truest compliment, it's just like, I can't see the guy failing. And, you know, that's not the way you want to draft in terms of you want to be confident, but there's an element of, of human nature that's scared to fail. And he's going to be safe. Uh, he's a, he's a fail safe in the sense that he is safe that he won't fail.
0: Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think the biggest thing for, for him, for me, and yeah, mentioned it briefly, is that he's shooting like 57% from three the last I looked. And I don't know if that's sustainable. No, I'm sorry. He's shooting like 48% from three, but 57% from the foul lines. So uh, I think those numbers meet somewhere, somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah. I think there's regression to the mean in the positive direction from the free throw line. And I think there's regression to the mean in a negative direction from three. Yep. Um, and, and, and I think the larger loady bears at Kentucky helps him score more. Accounting stats will be improved, but I think those like skill-based stats like three-point shooting and maybe even assist to turnover are going to go downhill. But overall, I think it's going to be a positive for his draft stock, SEC play that is.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, mean, I think he's solid. And I've mentioned this before, but one scout said that he thinks a front office will bypass him because – he's not they may not think that he has a the same upside as some other guys but they say every coach is going to want the gm to to draft him well that wraps up this episode thank you the listener for making the locked on nba big board podcast your first listen of the day now for your second listen make it the game to game podcast every moment every top performance every result Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. So follow game to game on locked on NBA on the locked on NBA channel. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow with my guy, Leif Tuleen, and we are signing out. Hopefully everybody has a good day. Big games coming up this weekend and we are out.